All right, and welcome to episode 13 of the Lazy Gringo podcast. I'm Christian. And I'm Alex. Cheers. Cheers, bro. Chris got a brand new mic. Yeah, so if we sound different this week, it's because we're playing with a new Christmas present that I got for myself. I went and got myself a Samsung satellite microphone. And it's pretty sleek if I do say if I do say so myself. Yeah, I mean as far as I can tell from the tests you were doing last night, it sounded pretty good. So Yeah, I think I'm the sound excited. As am I. Uh, you know what I'm also excited about? What, Chris? The Memphis current and how we've been killing it. Yes. So, as we mentioned in our previous couple podcasts, currently Lazy Gringo is being featured in a pop-up shop that is being hosted by Memphis Current. Uh, We got a little bit of the inside scoop the other day from our friend who is the, I guess you would say, owner and operator of of the magazine. So he, you know, gave us the inside scoop to let us know that he said that we were, you know, third in line. I don't want to put too many numbers out there or anything like that, but like... As far as, like, clothing brands go... We were number one. A. For sure. And then, you know, we were behind maybe Memphis Current. The company itself was making more money than us. And then another artist who sold a big piece. But then it was us. Nice. So I'm pretty stoked to be, uh, you know, doing so well in this this little pop-up. And if you haven't checked it out yet, go check it out. You probably are not going to have much time to go check it out because... I don't know if this episode will be released if it's still open. But if it's still open, go check it out. It's open through December. We've done well in the pop-up shop where you and I are finally rocking and rolling as far as kind of getting new pants up here from Bolivia. We're, you know, we're going to Keystone and we're going to be doing some photo shoots up there. Yep. You know, we're just... So 2021 is looking pretty good for Lazy Gringo. We're starting off hitting the ground running. In 2020 January. wasn't bad for Lazy Gringo, and 2021 is only going to get better. Right. Yeah. So we're looking forward to the future, but yeah, as you said, we've got we're working on getting some more pants up here. That should happen hopefully before the end of January, and we're looking to do some proper scaling, like the next big steps for the company. We have started the conversations that are required and. We've done some calculations, figured out exactly how much um, capital we need in order to make the next big step, and we're uh, looking forward to the future. So hopefully, we can make some of these big moves and start, you know, increasing Lazy Gringo to the that next tier of business. We've done a really good job of slow, controlled growth, and you're right. This is kind of the next step. It's the biggest step that we've probably ever taken thus far. But it is the next logical step of where to go. We've been slow and calculated and, you know, really planning each move, mm-hmm. you know. And I mean, there was so much that that had to be done on the front end for this business that had to do with going to Bolivia and getting things set up. So it's been like, it has been a long time coming. Yeah. So I'm excited to see where these next steps could take us and how it goes. I'm excited to... Uh, to get these pants up here and really, cause that website, man, it's starting to look a little thin. That's right, we gotta get those pants up ASAP. Yes we do. Alex, it's, you know, the last pod of 2020, 
you know, we might record one more podcast in Memphis before we're back in the Rocky Mountains doing what we love to do, which is snowboarding. Yup. So we've officially got our tickets booked to go to Keystone, Colorado. Flights booked, passes bought. The only thing we got to do is physically get there. Yeah. And find a place to stay. Right. <laughs> but we've done all the searching. That shouldn't be a problem. Hopefully, by the, by the end of the evening, that's all locked down, too. But we're going to be doing all sorts of Lazy Gringo photo shoots while we're there. You know, maybe talking to some shops. Hopefully. 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 We might... Um, reaching out to some people. Reach, reaching probably reaching idea. out to some, like, you know, shops in, in Breckenridge and Keystone and seeing what we can do. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that might be the the move. Yeah, but more than anything, I'm just looking forward to shredding that gnar, dude. Shredding, shredding. the gnar. I've got to start also next week. I've got to on top of the Lazy Gringo podcast playlist. I've got to make a snowboarding playlist. Oh yeah, same. I was thinking about that today on the ride home. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, what have you been watching? We've been watching a lot of stuff. Let's. Flip what we have on our board, though. Cool. Let's talk Mando before Soul. Cool. Um, because I've been wanting to talk Mandalorian with you for so fucking long. I know. We recorded a pod that the audio we were having audio issues, and you still hadn't watched Mandalorian yet, so we didn't get the chance to talk about it. But now you finally watched it. We finally got our audio issues fixed. Dude, let's talk about it, bro. Let's finally fucking talk Mandalorian. First off, what did you think? It was pretty solid. Pretty fucking dope. These guys are really good at putting in those little cherries that are like, oh shit. They get you excited. Oh shit, it's R2-D2. Easter eggs. Easter eggs. What did I say? Cherries? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those little Easter eggs that are like true, like things that true Star Wars fans would love to see. Yeah. Something as simple as, you know, spoiler alert, it turned out the way it did in the finale. Fucking Luke. Luke Skywalker shows up and saves the fucking day. You know what happens? Luke Skywalker pulls a solo, dude. That's what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Did you notice how that Luke Skywalker scene was very reminiscent of the Vader scene in Rogue One? Uh, I did not personally notice that, no. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> so you know that badass scene in Rogue One with Darth Vader in the Getting hallway? Getting out of the elevator? No, like in the hallway, and like it's just the dark hallway, and all of a sudden the lightsaber illuminates red, and he just takes down all those rebels? Uh-huh. You know that scene I'm talking about? Yeah, I think so. directing dude and that's why that's why you like this guy so much what's his name uh john favreau is the showrunner but dave filoni is the real genius behind the show yeah i feel like these guys are doing a really good job when it comes to well so i mean dave filoni is 
and multiple and you can even watch this on Disney Plus they have like behind the scenes things but Dave Filoni is like when he talks Star Wars you can just tell that this guy sees and understands things on a completely different playing field than everybody else mm-hmm. um, like in episode one the star, the fight between uh, Qui-Gon Jinn Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Maul mm-hmm. is significant and Dave Filoni explains it a lot better in Phantom Menace, you're watching these two Jedi in their prime fight this evil villain. Maul couldn't be more obviously the villain. He's designed to look evil, and he is evil, and he just expresses that from his face all the way out through the type of lights that he fights with. What's at stake is really how Anakin's gonna turn out, because Qui-Gon is different than the rest of the Jedi, and you get that in the movie, and Qui-Gon is fighting because he knows he's the father that Anakin needs, because Qui-Gon hasn't given up on the fact that Jedi are supposed to actually care and, and love, and that that's not a bad thing. The rest of the Jedi are so detached and they've become so political that they've really lost their way. Mm-hmm. And Yoda starts to see that in the second film. But Qui-Gon is ahead of them all. And that's why he's not part of the council. So he's fighting for Anakin. And that's why it's the duel of the fates. It's the fate of this child. And depending on how this fight goes, Anakin is gonna, his life's gonna be dramatically different. So Qui-Gon loses, of course. So the father figure, because he knew what it meant to take this kid away from his mother when he had an attachment and he's left with Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan trains Anakin at first out of a promise he makes to Qui-Gon, not because he cares about him. When they get Anakin, when they find him on Tatooine, he says, why do I feel like we've found another useless life form? He's comparing Anakin to Jar Jar. Scared me. And he's saying, this is a waste of our time. Why are we doing this? Why do you see importance in these creatures like Jar Jar Binks and this 10-year-old boy? This is useless. So. He's a brother to Anakin eventually, but he's not a father figure. Mm. That's, that's a failing for Anakin. He doesn't have the, the family that he needs. He loses his mother in the next film. He fails on this promise that he made, Mother, I will come back and save you. So he's left completely vulnerable. And Star Wars ultimately is about family. So that moment in that movie, which a lot of people I think diminish into just all oh, just a cool lightsaber fight, but it's, it's everything that the entire three films of the prequels hangs on is that one particular fight. It is. It's really impressive when he talks Star Wars. You can just tell he knows it on a completely different plane. Shit. Nice, man. Uh, well, yeah, it was dope. It was awesome. Secondly, I called it that the uh, Mandalorian is about to go free Mandalore. Like, yeah, I, I totally called that. I saw that coming. Yeah, I feel and like now he owns the multiple times. And now he owns the dark saber. Dark saber. And whoever owns the dark saber is the true the rightful ruler of Mandalore. I can't remember the end. By Mandalorian code. So the did the girl that wanted the sword end up well, what happened? So Moff Moff Gideon Right. I think he intentionally lost to Mando uh-huh. knowing it was gonna create a rift between the Mandalorian and Bo-Katan. Uh-huh. Because Bo-Katan technically should have the Darksaber. We never saw why or how she lost it. Wait, Bo-Katan is? The, the Mandalorian who wanted the, the Darksaber. The, right. Yeah. And now the Mandalorian has so it. Now it's and the only way the Darksaber can be won is, is through is combat. Correct. So she's either going to have to fight him or he's gonna have to. So it like they left that as a cliffhanger. Yes. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. So I mean, that's just that's creating friction for season three. Yeah. yeah. Man, I, but the end. 
what do you call those little end clips at, at the very end? The post-credit scene? Post-credit scene. For the book of Boba Fett? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. So that's going to be a spinoff show. Uh-huh. That's not season three of the right. Mandalorian. It's going to be that's, something different. But, that's I mean, that be... looks pretty fucking cool, man. Well, and you know, earlier in season two of the Mandalorian, the dude who was wearing Boba Fett's armor before him, mm-hmm. he's still on Tatooine. Uh-huh. You know, he's, and technically he's, so he's the sheriff be, of that little town. He's probably going to be in that So he's going to be in that show. I can uh-huh. see that. I can see that too. So, um, the last question I have really is what do you see on the, on this, the docket for season three of Mandalorian? Is a uh, Grogu baby Yoda going to be there? Um, is it all going to be set on Mandalore and freeing Mandalore? Like, mm. what do you think? Honestly, I think they're they're probably gonna go with the same style of like each episode is its own adventure. Uh, I could see that. I could see them just taking the same structure and rolling with that for season three. But okay, but then answer my question: Is it all? Is it all Mando or is it Baby Yoda? Is it a mix of the two? Because people are gonna Baby Yoda is half the show. Uh huh. But he's off with Luke Skywalker. And that CGI fucking sucked. What CGI? What Luke about? Skywalker. He he didn't look right. I don't know. I thought he looked pretty good. It was it was uh, Mark Hamill that did the voice. They de-aged him. They did all that. I thought it looked like shit. That was my only complaint of the entire. I feel entire... like when it when it comes to some of those like they brought back the same actor sort of things in Star Wars. Relatively speaking, this one looked better than some of the path the other ones. Like, do you know, which episode was it when they brought back that evil emperor, not evil emperor, but like... Grand Admiral Tarkin? Yeah. Yeah, when they, they brought, brought him, him back, back for Rogue One. And he was totally CGI, and I was like, that doesn't look like a real person. That's how I felt about this. I see, I felt I like he looks better. better. See, so, I, see I we're just, the exact yeah. opposite. Yep, yep. The exact opposite. Yep. Oh. Interesting, dude. Interesting. Interesting. Um, but anyway, I don't know when it comes to if Baby Yoda is going to be a part of it or not. Um, that's a good question. So I think he is. And I know in Star Wars universe that Yoda, not Baby Yoda, but Yoda was training Jedi. Not just a trained Jedi. He was training right. Jedi by 100 years old. If Baby Yoda is 50... And is still theoretically like a toddler uh-huh. at this point. My guess is that this species ages through their force ability. So maybe he's going to be a little bit older. So I could see the Mandalorian not really having Baby Yoda featured at all through most of the season. And then, and then towards the end of the season, Mando's going to get in a bind. He's going to need you know some help uh-huh. and all of a sudden we're going to see maybe Luke teenage Sk- Yoda well we're going to say we're <laughs> going to see maybe Luke Skywalker mm-hmm. and then definitely a teenage if not 21 year old Yoda you know baby uh-huh. Yoda Mid- middle age Grogu yeah <laughs> um I, I i think i think theoretically like in his mind he'll be yeah in between Yoda in between like. yeah yeah i think I, I could see that happening totally i'd put money on that if I were a betting man. Do you have the force, bro? Can you just see it? Is that what's happening right now? I can see the future. And we're <laughs> about to talk about soul. 
What the... What is this place? What's your name, honey? Uh, I'm Joe. I teach middle school band. Must have been sudden for you. No, it's the great before. This is where new souls get their personalities, quirks, and interest before they go to Earth. Meet 22. I don't want to go to Earth. Stop fighting this. I don't want to. Hmm, this weird. What is it? 151,000 souls go into the great beyond every day, and I count every single one of them. The counts off. Soul. Soul on Disney Plus that debuted on Disney Plus on Christmas Day, uh-huh. um, starring Jamie Foxx and, and Tina Fey. Really, really, really high quality Pixar movie. Better than the last few for sure. Um, not the best Pixar movie of all time, but definitely in the upper echelon. I would agree. Like, it's super, super good movie. Fucking really heavy themes for children. Super heavy themed. I mean, I don't know, man. Pixar's becoming like just as much for adults as it is children nowadays. Wouldn't you say? Well, I think every adult needs to watch this movie. Uh But I don't know if this movie was necessarily made for children. There are some Pixar movies that are 100%. You can just tell they're made for children. Uh Even if adults enjoy them as well uh-huh. you can just they're made for children this movie has so many concepts that only adults would understand yeah. i don't think this movie's target audience was necessarily children i think it was hey we know all these parents are stuck at home with their kids on christmas day mm-hmm. and they're gonna end up watching this movie with their kids and we can totally make this a kid's movie but it's not a kid's movie mm-hmm. it's a movie that the adults need yeah you know, it's honestly it's an adult movie that is like a cartoon, so kids are gonna watch it and think it's cool. That Nick's joke cracked me up. Nick, what is this place? You know how when you humans are really into something and it feels like you're in another place, it feels like you're in the zone, right? Yeah. Well, this is the zone. Check this out. I have been messing with this team for decades. Like, I loved it. I thought that was the best joke of the entire movie. Nice. But yeah, man, so good. So it's, I mean, yeah, complex concepts like death. Resurrection. Resurrection. Existentialism. Afterlife. Before before life. life. Yeah. I thought that was the most interesting concept, was kind of the great before. Uh And I loved kind of the, oh, you can go be energetic. You six can go be apathetic. Ah, you know what? You you eight can go be apathetic. Uh-huh. You know, and then someone's like like makes the comment like you should stop putting so many people in there. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it was just it was really really well done. Uh-huh. I it was the best Disney movie I've watched in a long time. Uh-huh. Disney, not including like Marvel, just Disney. Right. And what you think of Disney? Yeah. yeah. I mean, man. I mean the mu- the whole music portion of it just like really really added because they were dealing with some you know these complex ideas like mixing it together with like really really beautiful piano so I actually expected a bit more music Uh you know Coco 
had a ton of music in it. Moana had a ton of music in it. Uh-huh. You know, and then you hear, you got Jamie Foxx. You got a movie called Soul. Yeah. It's set around a jazz teacher. I was expecting uh-huh. La La Land. Yeah, you know what, though? Like, I was expecting kind of La La Land music numbers. I, f- I feel that. But at the it, same time, I feel like this was like quality over quantity. This was a movie for the adults, not the children. Uh-huh. And the children wanted the songs. Mm-hmm. And because I'm a man-child, I wanted the songs. <laughs> um, but, like, man, there were some of these times when, like, they, they it drew you in. I cried. I knew as soon as he set that shit on the nightstand, I was like, oh, fuck, they're about to get me. You know? Great movie. Really good movie. Super solid movie. What is your Bubba rating for it? Oh, man. My Bubba Pink Flamingo rating. Definitely in the 90s. I'm thinking... I'm going to give it a 94. 94. Okay. I'm going to be a little bit harsher on it. Okay. I really liked it. It was not what I expected, Mm. which is a good thing, Mm. but it's also a little bit of a bad thing. You have Jamie Foxx, arguably one of the greatest musicians of our time, and you can't do... A, a solo music number with them. You can't afford that, Disney. Disney fumbling the bag with some of these musicians. Mm-hmm. They soul could have been great. It could have been a hundred from me had it had a little bit more music in it. Because mm-hmm. you got a movie called Soul set around a jazz teacher, mm-hmm. voiced by <clears throat> voiced by Jamie Fox. That's like literally a recipe for give me an original R&B song by Jamie Foxx for this movie. Uh, you did not deliver. Thus, my rating is 85. Okay. Yeah. Had you delivered that song, and it didn't even have to be a good song. Just give me an original song for the movie, and you get your 100. Word. Word. And Alex, with that, I'm out of beer. You've been out of your drink. So, as it happens... Stay lazy. Stay lazy, brother. Cheers. I love sharing this bed with you. Waking up in the afternoon. Nothing we gotta do. Another little summer honeymoon. Some food, kick it out back by the pool, stay here and get comfortable. Fall back, fall back in the sheets, make a contact, sign a contract. I know you weren't called, make a call back, switch it to relax, relax. Like why not, why not? I can leave it in that right spot. All I got got me picking up plant pots, taking flu shots, sucking.
Thank you.